Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Really excited to share this interview that I was able to do with Aaron and Jen Smith from Marriage After God. Aaron and Jen have been good friends of ours for, man, going on maybe six, seven years. So it was really fun to reconnect with them. We haven't been able to see them for a while and to hear about their newest project, which is The Marriage Gift, the brand new book. And we're going to link this below. You're going to hear about it in this episode. But I'm going to tell you a bit about Aaron and Jen before we dive in. Aaron and Jen Smith have been married since 2007. They have five children whom they homeschool in Central Oregon. And both Aaron and Jen have been ministering to families, to husbands and wives since 2011 via the website's husband revolution.com and uh, unveiledwife.com. So the husband revolution, obviously for men, unveiled wife for women, and they work so well together as a team. They've co-authored a number of books, including 31 prayers for my wife, 31 prayers for my husband, 31 prayers for my future wife, 31 prayers for my future husband, uh, the marriage, marriage after God book. And then, like I said, this brand new book, the Marriage Gift. They are the hosts of the Marriage After God podcast, and we will link that below as well, as well as any socials, uh, social media accounts that you're able to find them at. We'll link their website. They've got an awesome, like, I think it's a prayer challenge that you can sign up for on their website. Yeah, it says take the prayer challenge, and they they literally email you uh, a prayer every every day, five days a week. They email you a prayer. That's free. You can find that on their website. We'll link that below. Anyways, it was so fun to catch up with Aaron and Jen Smith. I know you'll enjoy today's podcast episode. I do want to thank all of you for taking the time to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. That's really helped our our podcast grow and reach more people, so we're grateful for that. And then if you are watching our podcast on YouTube, uh, when you like and subscribe or you comment, that again, helps our podcast reach more people. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing our podcast, whether that's via your social media accounts or get emailing it to a friend or just telling a friend about it. Thank you for doing that. That's helped us grow as well. And I do want to tell you, since we're on the topic of marriage, uh, marriage maximizer is live and a lot of people want to know more about it. And so we're just going to link the free webinar below. So below you'll see the marriage maximizer webinar, which is Chad and Janice Johnson, my mother and father-in-law, Katie's parents, put together this program for now that we're a family, and it is phenomenal. Katie and I have said for years, our favorite marriage coaches are Chad and Janice Johnson. That continues to be the case to this day. Katie and I went through the, all this content together as we were preparing it for now that we're a family. But to learn more about that, you can go below and, and check out Marriage Maximizer, or at least view the free webinar, and then you'll you know if you have any questions, you can let us know about that. Anyways, with that said, please enjoy today's interview with Aaron and Jen Smith. But now that we're a family podcast. All right. Well, Aaron and Jen Smith, what a privilege it is to have you here on the podcast for a second time. This is round two. And it's, it's been a while. Thanks for having for, us. Oh, thank you for being on here. And as good as round one was, I think this one's going to exceed round one. I think that was just the warm up round back four, four years ago. Uh, but in all seriousness, you know, I gave kind of a brief introduction to our audience as to who you are and what you guys are doing, but I'd love to hear in your own words, what it is you guys are currently doing, you know, like what, what are you, what's your day to day? And I'm asking this, you know, for our audience, but honestly, selfishly, I'm asking this 
for myself too, because uh, being somebody that knows you, has known you for a few years now, I but we haven't connected in some time. I'm curious as to what your guys' life looks like. So who are Aaron and Jen Smith right now, 2023? How many kids? What are the ages? Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer. I'm Aaron. And we've been married 16 and a half years, which is just crazy to me. I cannot believe it's been so long. Um, lots of life has happened in that time and including having five children. So our oldest is 10, turning 11 soon. And then we have an eight-year-old girl. So our first is a boy, eight-year-old girl, six-year-old boy, uh, just turned five-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What a fun she spread. She say she's five already. Yeah. She, she was, wants yeah. to be five. She wants to be <laughs> one of the big kids, yes. but it's, it's busy having five and we homeschool. We live in central Oregon and we homeschool and we have our online ministry. We write books. And so our day-to-day -day looks different from day-to-day. -day. Yeah. I feel like we have some, some, you know, general things that we like to try and do as a family and uh, keep our rhythms and patterns similar. But um, because, because we are doing so much and juggling so much, our day-to-day -day can kind of look be a little random. bit different and be random. Yeah. yeah especially uh, the different seasons of our, of the, of the year also. Depending that, on yeah. like what projects we're working on or been doing a lot of projects in the house since we just moved in this last year. And uh, the moment this, that winter stopped, I started just, I was like, I want to work on the grass and I want to do <laughs> landscaping and I want to, and I've been doing it all myself. So that's been fun. Um, doing, uh, being a grown up and doing landscaping. So <laughs> Yeah, it seems like it's been kind of a transitional season since um, I can't. Well, you you can answer the question because we Katie and I left Central Oregon in 2019. And then I want. Yeah, it's been that long. Uh, and then I feel like we saw you guys at Caroline and Austin's wedding yeah. in 2021. And at that point, I think you guys were still building your house, but you had sold your last house and you're kind of in this, yeah, sure. you're in this yeah. nomadic state. We actually left from that wedding to go on a, wasn't that when we went on our long Yeah, we were trip? gone for like yeah. six and a half weeks and it's because we moved out of our old house, but our new one wasn't done yet. And so we had this grand idea of like traveling the United States with our kids and it was really special. It was, awesome. it was so cool. We have some family on the other side. So in Kentucky and Ohio. We got to meet up with friends in Tennessee and almost Florida. We almost, almost Florida. Florida. Yeah. And then we went across the lower states, hit Arkansas and Texas and had friends in uh, Arizona, Arizona. Met up with. and then saw Cal family in California. So we did this whole loop and it was really fun. But when we got back, our reality set in that the house was not going to be done for a long time. And so, um, we, what did we do? We Airbnb it for a while. Yeah, we stayed at friends' houses. We um, there was a church to visit family. There was a church that was a, like a house that they used for you know ministry, and they let us stay there for a little bit. That was awesome. It was definitely an interesting season of kind of being nomadic and taking our homeschool journey on the road and do what we can. And it was just it was an adventure for sure, and it was fun. The kids, I will say, surprised me the most. They are so flexible. Our children mm. did great during that season. But when we got to move into the house, it was like this breath of fresh air and relief yes. of, okay, we're home, you know? Wow. So we've, yeah. been, we've been here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. I'm curious because I, I do feel like I either know of a lot of people that are kind of in a similar season where 
maybe they're building or they just bought property um, or they, they want to even save financially. So they're like, let's, you know, let's sell our house while we've got equity or let's not rent this expensive house and we'll live in a trailer and we'll, you know, do, do the thing where you're being nomadic, you know, or even if people want to do it from a more adventurous standpoint and be like, let's go travel the, let's go travel the country. So I'm curious as to what some like key takeaways are from that season. Like if you got, if you guys have any, where you're like, man, in hindsight, you already mentioned the kids were so durable and flexible, which is a pretty cool takeaway that you could see that i'd say the biggest thing is to make sure that you you and your spouse's attitudes are setting the example and the tone because there yeah. were some days that we 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 were a little bit less flexible and we could see that affecting our children but the days that we made it fun for everyone it was it was yeah. a really good it was really good um i would if i was to do it again i wouldn't sell or move out of our house until the other house was done uh not that we didn't enjoy that trip but uh, I mean, how many we stayed in, was it 13 or there was a lot of different we houses that we stayed in before we weren't we moved prepared in. or planned for the timing of our situation, um, which we also did stay in the trailer on the property for quite a while too. Um, yeah, a and, handful of months. Yeah. And so we, we made it what we could and it was great. But yeah. I think in hindsight, we learned a lot about ourselves and mm -hmm. kind of the needs that we have as a family and what we would prefer to have mm -hmm. um, yes. set up. But I, I would say that to be able to um, set goals and write down like what it is that you guys desire as a family and chase after those is like one of the funnest adventures you can have. Yeah. We love doing wow. that kind of uh, thing. The, the biggest part that was hard um, being on the road though, um, when we were here in different houses, life was still, still pretty happened. normal because we had our relationships. But when we were on the road, the thing that was hardest was we didn't get to see people. So our kids were always like, you know, when are we going to go home and see our friends? And so they, they did miss the stability of community, mm -hmm. but they loved the adventure that we were on. So I think having a an extended short season because it was only it was six weeks, which is not super long, but it's also not super short. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, was really worth it. I actually really enjoyed it. I would totally do another trip like that again. Yeah, um, as long as we had a place to come back to when we got back. But yes, that's what that was. What was hard is like you not having the people to, that you usually are around. Not yeah. familiar. Yeah, and you just kind of you're out by yourself and. Um, but I think doing it periodically and having those adventures is really awesome. Yeah, that's cool to hear. And you you mentioned how your attitude was so often, you know, displayed in your kiddos where it's like you guys could set the tone for what the day was going to be or the week. And it's, I mean, that's just a, that's just a, a principle for life. I feel like whether you're on the road or, or whether you're at home and it is a pretty empowering and also sobering and convicting perspective but like our children often adopt our attitude more times than not like they get to see yeah. our disposition towards the day happens. yes exactly and it's funny because i mean obviously you guys know katie you know her parents and a, a season that katie looks back on with fondness when she was a young child was when they were living in a trailer in a tent trying to save money you know they were trying to get out of a bunch of credit card debt and so they lived in a, an army tent and in a trailer for about two and a half years and Katie, I think was about eight to 10 years of age during that time period. And she was like, it was like, it was our favorite season. And so it's pretty cool to see how, depending on, you know, how you present it to your kids, it can be like the highlight of their life, um, which is pretty cool to see. So now that you guys are settled in here back, back in central Oregon, what is your guys's, uh, what's your guys's weekly flow? Like do you, what's, what's church life like for you? You mentioned homeschooling. Is that something that you're doing like uh, you know, all by yourself? Or are you part of a co-op? Are you guys meeting with other people throughout the week? What does that look like? 
So specifically for homeschool, uh, we tried something different last year. We, we, I'm sure people have heard of it, but classical conversations, I wanted to give it a try as a homeschool mom. And so uh, that's a co-op setting where you show up weekly and you get to meet other moms and dads who are homeschooling, but also going through a specific curriculum and learning the songs. And it was super fun. My kids loved it and were super engaged with that. Um, however, it was a little bit different type of learning style or teaching style than what I have grown to love. And so this year we chose not to do that. And we're um, just going to be home base and do everything together as a family at home. Um, however, I, I encouraged and invited a handful of moms from our local community to meet up on Fridays and kind of, we, we're calling it adventure school. And we're just, we're going to do what we can to bring in like what talents do the moms have that they can pour into on that Friday um, or is there like a tour or, uh, an, you know, an adventure that we could go do like a hike together? Um, Almost like field trips that are more yeah. depth with. Or if we wanted education. to have a, a presentation day where the kids could show up and share something that they're working on. We just really want to make it fun and exciting for the kids and, and show them that there's other kids, you know, who are doing this homeschool thing. And so. Wow. Really I love that. Forward to that. Yeah. Good yeah, for, for you. For church, you, you know, we've, you know, we've always been a part of home church for the last how many years six years or nine years now um we've you know three and a half almost four years ago we started a home church um down here in sun river and uh, i've been pastoring that now for three years three plus years and so that that's something that we do regularly every sunday um currently it's at our home but it usually bounces around to different homes throughout the year um and so that's a that's a regular thing that we do the guys in the church meet weekly and the the women meet bi-weekly because we didn't want to fill up our evenings too much. And so we meet yeah. bi-weekly and then we try and keep the other days open for family time or hospitality and things like that. And then as for the, the rest of the week, we've been, um, I don't know if you've known this, but we've been doing jujitsu as a family. <laughs> We're a jujitsu family. And no so way. Six out of the seven of us are all doing jujitsu like three to four times a week. And so we oh, fight man. for time. We're like, I'll go. No, you go. Okay. what? Yeah. Oh, so you guys got the bug, huh? You guys, you got you did the jiu-jitsu, bug. right? Yeah, I got the bug, you know? And so, yeah, I do it with two of my boys. It is. Got my first stripe, so I'm really nice. stoked about that. <laughs> wow, good for you guys. That's so fun. It's crazy because, uh, yeah, like I said, I do it with Leon and Lewis, and I haven't been able to to talk Katie into doing it. And it is, it, that would become a scheduling challenge, you yeah. know? So I'm, I'm curious as to how, yeah, to be able to work that. So you guys all make the classes. Does your, does your school offer like kids classes? And then yep. is it close to in time frame where you can kind of piggyback kids class to adult class? Yeah. How does that work? Pretty much three hours straight. Well, you do. I do. Cause so the two littles go at four and then the two olders go at five and then I go at six. And then you go, you've been, I go in the mornings because I got to be home to be able to homeschool and do all that. Yes. And that's how we've wow. been able to figure that out is she goes in the mornings and I'll, I'll make breakfast. She gets home and then we kind of swap and then at night I'll go and then come back. Um, and our youngest is only three and you have to be four to start in their classes. Mm. And so she, she's going to do ballet this year. And she's nice. really excited about that. I bet. Uh, well, good for you guys. You know, I love hearing about families doing things together and on any level. It's, it's crazy how, just the simplicity of an activity together. And this, this isn't something that's like that novel to, um, other, other 
institutions apart from the family, right? Like companies know that in order to build a good culture in their company, they need to like go do activity together, you know, like go on hikes together or go, yeah, like you said, do team building activities. And so it's so cool to hear about families doing that because people want a strong family culture. They want something that there's this common thread, obviously the faith being the most important thing, you know, the word of God, but then these activities are just practical and enjoyable and fun ways to build a family culture. So it's so cool you guys are doing that. What I've, what I've loved about jujitsu specifically is because there's tons of other sports and there's nothing wrong with sports, but um, I, currently in, with five children and like everything we're trying to do in life, um, it's so difficult to try and think about like, hey, we're going to put these two in that sport and these two in this sport. And, that, and then our whole life now is around all of these individual, individual things. Yeah. Um, and I can't do any of those things. Or yeah. you, like it's just them. Yeah. We can do these together. It's very practical. They'll be able to use these skill, this skill, and as it's exercise, and it's going to be useful in other areas of life. Um, and we get to do it together, so yeah. we all go together and we, we watch and we talk it. about it. And we, in fact, we got to go to a, a competition for the first time in the spring, and Aaron got to be a part of it, and the two older kids got to be a part of we it. We all got bronze. Yeah, we hey, had a there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. I bet so we're doing another one in uh, December, so we're a little nervous about that one, but that's going to be fun. Yeah. Four of us. Yeah. Five of us. Five of us are, five of us are going to be. Our six-year-old well. said he's going to bring home the gold, so we'll see. Good. I like I gotta, that I gotta mindset. Before, before get there. Just, <laughs> it's okay well, if you don't. It's okay if you don't. <laughs> that's so fun. Now, I'm curious as to kind of, you know, you could, we could back up because jujitsu is one expression of doing something together as a family. And like you said, Aaron, you, you know, you're like, wait, you know, not, I would say not all sports are created equal for the well-being of the family, right? Like. Yeah. I just, I think they strain up or not. And, uh, I played a variety of sports growing up and they, over time, my parents started seeing they're like, man, this is the really individualized driven sports are, um, like, as we already said, not always the best for the family. And I'm curious as to how you guys are navigating that. Obviously you're currently doing jujitsu, but as time goes on, you know, one, one perspective might be, well, we want kids to have their own individual thing. You know, we want them to feel special. We don't want them just to feel a part of a posse. So how are you, how are you, um, articulating that to your kids where you're like, Hey, this is a cool thing to be a part of a group and of a family. It's actually bigger. Obviously we're in such an individualistic driven society that I don't think is necessarily biblical, but then articulating that to your kids is another thing. And so what does that, what does that conversation look like? Even as you got, you know, a kid that's already almost, you know, Elliot's almost 11, you said, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be things where he's maybe interested in pursuing and you have to have that conversation as to whether or not it's best for the family. So, so what are your thoughts around that? This honestly, this is um, probably something that's going to be fleshed out in the future just because our kids are so much yeah. younger. A lot of our conversation is around the things that we love, right? And so this is something that we're experiencing as a family. And so far, everybody seems to really love it. Um, but like Edith expressed a desire to do dance. And so we're like, okay, can we fit this into our schedule? Yeah. And we're able to provide that for her this year. And so I don't know if that will look different next year or not, if she will end up joining jujitsu, which I, you know, hope for and think it would be awesome if she did. But, um, as our kids get older, I want to leave room for them to express and share with us what their desires are and just to take it one step as, at a time with the family. And mm -hmm. we would have to navigate that in our marriage too, of like, okay, what is the, what is the cost of this? If, you know, not just financially, but also mentally, emotionally for our schedules, would it be possible if this child likes something different or is interested in something yeah. different, you know, what does that look like? And for me, I don't know how, I don't quite know how I'll navigate that yet. Like if one of my, none of my kids have really 
said like, oh, I really want to do yeah. this sport. We don't watch sports. It's there's not a sports culture in our family. I I wasn't I didn't grow up with that. Your family kind of did with yeah. like, uh, watching football and and all your cousins and brothers played we football. We just we just in our family didn't grow up around it or in our home. Don't grow up around a TV. Other than we do do movies and things. But like the yeah, the sports channel is not always running. So if they can't, if one of them, if Elliot wanted to do something, I I, I don't know what I would do. Maybe we'd let let them try it out and and see. But in reality, uh, personally, I I have a hard time wanting to put energies into things that I know are. Um, I mean, I mean, just statistically, that they're not going to be long term fruitful things. Yeah. Um, so I'd rather try and put those energies into other things. But again, that's me personally, mm-hmm. and we haven't been confronted with that yet. So yeah, I actually don't know. I don't know. How, how, how yeah. Well, why? the same thing as music like neither of us are musically inclined although i did try and pick up guitar this year um try, I, you, I, are, you are okay our, our, we've started our kids in piano because i really desire them to yeah. learn and have that discipline of like practicing an instrument and i'm sure that in the future they'll be interested in other instruments we just yeah. haven't gotten there yet where they've expressed mm-hmm. that and so i think it's just a matter of time really yeah i like how you said jen when you're thinking about the future, it's like on one level, it's like why borrow, why borrow troubles from tomorrow, but yeah. at the same level, you know, maybe the wise man foresees danger, you know, and kind of prepares himself or hides himself. There's like, we'll there's see. a bounce there. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, but, but like you said, I mean, you, you know, in the moment where, when you guys, when you have a united fluid marriage where you're like fluid, meaning like you're flexible with one with a situation, you're like, we yeah. can talk about the the situation in real time. Then you're able to go to each other and be like, okay, does ballet work right now in this yeah. season and make that decision. And you're experiencing that right now. And I also like how you're not necessarily drawing the line in the sand and saying Smith's are jujitsu practitioner pr- practitioners for the rest like that's who we are that is, it's just like no this is a great thing right now and we're enjoying it um and i feel like you have probably have to have a little bit of that mindset with parenting in general um like you said with music with sports anything extracurricular so that's cool to hear that you guys are handling it that way could we back up because i'm sure some of our audience is not going to necessarily be as familiar with you guys i do want to mention for those listening i will link the previous episode that we've done with Aaron and Jen in the show notes um, and all of their, all of their resources and content. But could you kind of give us an origin story as to how you got to where you're, where you currently are writing multiple books? You know, we're going to be talking about your most recent book that's coming out, you know, raising children, having a ministry, being an elder at a church or or a pastor at a church. What is, what's this journey been like? So our journey started out, like I said, 16 and a half years ago. Well, a little bit before then because we were dating and stuff. But Aaron and I both had a very strong desire to serve the Lord together. And we knew that going into marriage, like this was just a really strong desire of ours. And so we started out our marriage with plans to do mission work. And we set off, uh, we spent four months in Africa, which was really awesome and really great. Um, huge learning curve in marriage when you're trying to get to know each other and being newlywed, living in a tent, living in a tent but it was awesome. And, and we did that traveling and and working with the missions organization for about a year and a half and then Aaron's school loans kicked in and we realized we we need to get rid of this debt or else we're not going to be able to be as mobile you know and so we moved back to what we call home you know where our parents were and what was familiar to us and um, this was around the same time as the 2008 recession and we had a really yeah we had a really hard time finding jobs and stuff but the Lord provided and we we were like, okay, if we really want to get out of this debt, what can we do even on the weekend? So we have these jobs. Now, what can we do on the weekend that would also yeah. take chunks of this money away? And we started a photography business 
because we both love photography and I was just learning it. And we did that for a couple of years, but in that timing, I feel like the Lord really showed us and revealed to us how we can use what we know to work together and just work together. Yeah. And then uh, coming towards the end of like the first four and a half years of our marriage where we, on the outside, everyone thought we were doing great, but on the inside, we're slowly falling apart and, and getting more bitter towards each other and more angry because of some of the things that we were dealing with, um, with sexual intimacy and things like that, um, which was causing us to kind of fall apart and be angry at God and frustrated with each other. And um, God gets a hold of our hearts, you know, bring brings us to repentance, starts to heal that area of our marriage, starts to heal our marriage in general, like as a whole. Uh, but in that process, um, me desiring to grow in my skills of graphic design and web development and, and social media marketing and email marketing, all those things. Um, I was working on stuff at home and I encouraged Jennifer to start writing about some of the stuff that we were learning in, in this season. And I was like, Hey, I'll, I'll just throw up a blog for you and I'll start, I'll design it and use it as a place so I could practice things that I'm learning and you start writing and maybe it'll bless someone. And um, it started, it started blessing people. We had a, a Facebook page back then. There was no, Facebook algorithms. Like so this we know was today. back like 2011. Everything was different back then. Yeah. And she, she grew, we, we grew, um, the unveiled wife, which was the original ministry that we started, um, from nothing on Facebook to, you know, 1.5 million followers on Facebook. And, um, in the midst of all that came, you know, t-shirts that we did because we, we were dabbling. Okay. What can we do to like, maybe make some money? Cause we didn't start any of this to, to be a business in the first place. We just wanted, I wanted her to write because she loves writing. But, and then we self-published the book. Yeah, but then it turned into something because that's kind of what happens sometimes when you when you start something. You that, say yes to one thing, and then you say yes and yes. Yeah. And yes. So we 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 published a devotional, and then it, that turned into a prayer book, and then turned into another book, and then another book, and another book, and we've published you know eleven books, um, twelve books since then, and with our most recent one coming out in October called the Marriage Gift, and uh, but that's that's kind of what it was. It started from us going through something that God was and God was teaching us and humbling us in. And saying, how can we encourage other people to, or let other people know that we we understand and they're not alone, and mm-hmm. and to seek God and to let Him change them like God's changing us, and uh, people resonated with that. Back then, there wasn't a lot of people being super transparent about their lives. It wasn't like it is today, where everyone just talks about everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was surprising when Jennifer was sharing these deep, intimate things that no one talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that 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 attracted people to what we were doing, what you were doing in the beginning. But now we've, so we transitioned from unveiled wife to also having husband revolution to talk to both husbands and wives. And then we've merged those both since then into marriageaftergod.com, which is our main hub. And it's our podcast, Marriage After God. And, um, and so that's what we do now is, is our, our ministry business is just encouraging marriages and pointing people to Christ using marriage as a platform to do that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thanks for sharing all of that. And I mean, I feel like that was a pretty brief recap of like a lot of things, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Cause you said some things that are like big things that I'm going to just kind of go back real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, first off, just on like a timing, time, 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 timeline, uh, aspect. How soon after getting married, did you guys head off to Africa? So we left four months after, but really we, we got married and we left, um, Pretty much right away. Uh, um, like three weeks later, because we mm. did some fundraising with relationships that we had up in Northern Washington. Yeah. And so we spent two and a half months up there and then we left uh, for Africa and we were there for four and a half months. Yeah. We, we were there for four and a half months. We flew back, got some stuff together, drove to Florida and lived in Florida for about a year 
working with the organization at their local, you know, headquarters there in Florida. Um, and so we, we were technically missionaries, you mm -hmm. know, for a year and a half, yeah. um, living off of some donations. And, but that's also what triggered the man. I, I, I had school debt that I had to start paying on and mm. it's really hard to not have much money. And then also have to start paying on school yeah. loans. Yeah. So God used that to get us home mm -hmm. yeah. and then use that season of our, our marriage of trying to get out of debt and, and working on that and living with family and, mm. and doing things, doing extreme, taking extreme measures to free us from that debt. And God was actually using that time to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to draw something out of you right now. And he was working yeah. on us, working on us, working on us, breaking us down and uh, bringing us to a place of recognition of like, Oh man, we are far from where we should be mm -hmm. um, in our relationship. And so, well, you know, it's easy for me sitting here looking, you know, at totally outside the the circle and being like, wow, 16 and a half years of marriage, look at all the fruit, look at what the Lord's done. So powerful, the impact, you know, and the blessing that you guys have been. But I'm curious what, what those conversations were like when you thought you had this vision of serving together in the mission field, you know, in a very tangible, practical way. Like that's, that's like the special forces status. Like, you're, like, that's what, that's what like the special forces Christians do. And like, you know, like that's kind of how it's yeah. talked about. Like you go off to Africa yeah. and you, and you, and you serve uh, in the mission field. And uh, I'm not trying to take away from any of it. I'm, I think you get the point that I'm making is that when you have that vision of being like, this is what we're going to be doing. And then you talked about the financial stress coming upon you where the, the reality hit that you needed to you need to pay bills. You know, you needed to go back home. What was that like? Those conversations like where you're like, man, we have this thing we were going to do together. Now we don't have this thing anymore. We're going and we're working jobs that maybe at the time felt like a, a step down to what you had in your brain, you know, being on the front line of missions. So how was that tra transition? Cause you know, it's easy to look back now and be like, well, look what the Lord did, but I'm sure it wasn't as clear in real time. Yeah, definitely not. I, uh, I was going to say, I think it was different for both of us. Yeah. Like your, your whole perspective and where God, where, where you were at in that season was different than where I was at. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's one of the things that God was working on in us is drawing these things out of us. And our communication. And our communication of those About things. About it all. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, I didn't have it in my mind that, oh, I, we were going to be missionaries and this is what I've always wanted to be. I, I, when I, when I asked you to be my wife, I said, I don't know what we're going to do and I don't care what we do as long as we do it together. And do it for God. That was like my proposal to, to mm -hmm. Jennifer. And so it wasn't necessarily, oh, we're going to be missionaries. It was, no, whatever we're doing, I want it to be together and I want it to be for God. And so, yeah, going and getting separate jobs was, it felt like a step backwards, but I also, I don't feel like I personally ever saw it that way. I just saw those as means to an end. Like, oh, I have to work because we're, we're trying to, and we were getting out of debt together. So that was something we were doing together. Well, we learned how to get out of debt together. And yeah, I would say that this was that. probably my biggest struggle was, I, and I didn't see this coming, but I had a really hard heart toward my new husband for having this debt and, um, blaming him for, for it being his fault that we had this debt and this burden of now everything we were working towards has to go to this thing. And before, That's when not I, my thing. Before, what? Yeah. before we got married, I worked and I provided money for myself to use on what I wanted. And now we get married and I'm working really hard and this money's going toward something that you went to school for, which was great and beneficial, but it was yours. And so it actually took me a really long time to understand that when you get married and you become one, everything becomes one. And it wasn't until I accepted and embraced the fact that this was also my debt now that I could 
happily work towards it and yeah. uh, be okay with what we were working towards and what we were trying to get out of. But that, that took, that was, those were hard conversations to have where, you know, my frustrations would flare up and then I'd respond to him a certain way. And then he would respond a certain way. And it was just, um, it, yeah, it was not, it was not always fun or glorious or helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the things when Aaron says that God was drawing out of us, it was things in us that we didn't even know existed that we were being confronted by, but having walked through them, looking in hindsight, it, it made our marriage stronger to be able to go through those hard things and go, wow, okay, now I know that we can get through financial strain and be okay. There's that scripture that says um, something about faith having to be tested. Like it's not true faith unless it's tested. Um, And I I think that's kind of what, what happens in our, our marriages. Like we, we had this hard to do stuff together. Like we're going to, we're going to serve God together. And then it's like, okay, are you ready to do that? Yeah. Like, cause right now, does it feel like you're doing that? And we get confronted with things that we we say we want. Like we want to work together, mm-hmm. and yet you're struggling with working together. Working together with me, we want to do something for God. Well, when we start doing that, that makes us not allowed to have this over yeah. here, and, and that that we get we rub against our flesh. And so it's it's like this: you say you want something in your marriage, but do you really want it? Mm-hmm. Are you really are you ready for what that means when you start going in that direction? Yeah. When you start saying yes to those things that you desire. Um, because you will be confronted with those things to see if yeah. you actually really mean what you say. Mm-hmm. You yeah. really want what you say you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see it all the time on very uh, surface things where it's like, oh, I want to get out of debt. And then it's like, but I also want to, I also like going out to dinner. You know, it's like, well, which one do you, re- you know, how do you really, do you really want this? Or or I want to get healthy. You know, I want to lose weight or whatever. And you're just kind of like, well, do you, do you want to do that thing? You know, when the time comes for that. Well, you, Jen, you said something that I think is so powerful talking about, having to work through like really seeing going from seeing the debt that you guys had as being errands to being like, this is ours. And that's, I mean, that's something that I think a lot of couples probably have experienced or, you know, are currently experiencing, but that can carry over into any area of life. When two become one, it's like, man, your past, you know, the past hurts that you experienced the past sins, man, we are, we are taking out your in-laws, you know, how easy is it to get married? Be like, Hey, I married you. What, what's the deal with your family? It's like, no, like we, you, when you became one, they became your family as well. And you're going to work through it together. I'm curious as to what was going on in your brain or what kind of influences there were, I guess, working, working you through that situation, because I think it's really easy to find advocates saying the opposite, you know, saying like, yeah, you, you know what? Yeah, that is his problem. Like you, you should have your own money, go do your thing, go, you worked hard for this. Um, and so I'm curious as to what that dynamic was like in your life, you know, who was speaking into you? Was this something that the Lord was showing you through his word or, or can you speak to that? Yeah, I do feel like the, probably the number one thing that really humbled me was Aaron's encouragement to go to the Lord in prayer when we felt that tension rise in our relationship and just being reminded that, okay, whatever we're going through, no matter what's happening, like we need to submit this to the Lord. And when you do that, like you're immediately humbled and he starts revealing things to you. And so I think the more that we were able to go together in prayer, specifically for our finances and for this debt and for our perspectives of it, I really feel like that's where the heart work and change started. Um, and then there were, there were people in our life that were encouraging us and influencing us. Um, there was, there was a resource that we got handed by a friend, um, the Dave Ramsey course that we kind of, uh, I would say more peeked into. It wasn't something that we rigidly went by. 
we started gleaning from and having conversations about, okay, well, how is he doing this? And what should we be doing to, to use this to help us? And so that was a big encouragement. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I would say the, the, the biggest transformation in that area of our life is like, we were learning little things here and there. God was teaching us things. Um, every once in a while we would have encouragements, but it was when we started going to that marriage ministry where we started having other marriages who are also seeking God and, being open and transparent about their struggles and their frustrations and their fights that they just had the night that on the way to church, uh, that we actually had a place that we could bounce our hearts off of. Mm -hmm. We can say, man, like, Oh, we, we just thought about that exact same thing yesterday. How did you, what, what do we do? And they're like, well, like, let's pray about that. Yeah. Or and, this is what we've done. You yeah. Know, or this is what we've done and kind of sharing with each other life. Yeah. So it was once we had p other believers that, knew us, understood us, we're, we're in the same place as us. And we were able to sit, share our hearts and our, and be transparent with them and share the things that we're struggling with and things that we're broken over and the things that we're angry about. And, mm -hmm. um, and then stay up late nights until, you know, laughing and playing games and, and just being with them that we started finding better direction, yeah. quicker transformation, minds being transformed, behaviors being um, adjusted, but because of that transformation. So hmm. I would say that that was probably the biggest was like you said, do you had, did you have people? It wasn't until we actually had people that we started getting that, that guidance that we needed and an encouragement to, to go the right direction. Yeah. And in the council of many, huh? That's yeah. What a, what a blessing there is in that. I'm curious as to what, uh, you know, with the, with the opportunity, when I'm just thinking through your timeline, going from, you know, serving as missionaries, coming back home to California, working jobs. And then all of a sudden, once again, as you already kind of articulated back in this ministry, maybe in a different, uh, in a different way than what you had originally thought you were going to be serving in. And then over the years, that really growing, exploding, I mean, going to 1.5 million people to the Facebook page and selling books and be going from self off self self published books to traditionally published books and and speaking and doing the podcast having a huge platform i'm curious as to some of the unforeseen um you know challenges that came with that because I'm, I'm not I'm the, i might get this wrong but i think i remember aaron um maybe like six years ago five or six years ago we were sitting in there was that there was that place downtown bend that we used to get coffee like at six in the morning um, um it was like that bar it was like yeah <laughs> yeah yes it was like a bar but it was open early and we used our church group used to meet there and i can remember one morning um and it seemed like you know on the outside your guys's everything you were doing was just was just cranking right you guys were had all it seems like so much was taking place and I remember you saying like, ah, oh, man, some, I just wish I could go back to delivering pizzas or something <laughs> along those lines. And you're like, those, there's times, you know, where the just guy was getting so stressful or there were new challenges. Um, and, and I'm curious as to what in retrospect now, you know, you can look back and I'm sure you're still experiencing new ones. What that was like going from the Lord kind of taking you in a totally different direction and totally different path, which he so often does. And then that presenting new challenges. And sometimes with what, you know, the numerical success on a lot of ways brought probably new challenges as well. So what were some of those things that popped up in, in your marriage and in your family? Well, I feel like we've, there's been a lot of things. There's been several times in the last 16 years, in the last, we've been doing this mission for 12, 13 years um, of just being like, you know what? I just want to shut it all down. Like the, it gets tiring. And then there's things, things come up that are scary 
And we're like, what is like, cause we're being like, there was a while that we just stopped being on social media for a little bit and, and having to re we, we pull back and we're like, how are we going to readjust how we view these things that we do? Not necessarily that we hate what God's been doing and that we don't love doing ministry and working together and the fruits that have come from it. But like you said, the realities of like, we have children that we're raising and we have friends that we're, you know, walking with. And we have all these other things that are almost not even having nothing to do with what we're doing online or with our books. Um, and then we, we go to God in prayer. Like we feel those, that weight and we're like, well, let's be in a, let's go in a season of seeking God and what he desires. What does he want for this? And so there has been seasons that we, we kind of pull back. We're like, okay, we're going to take a break from this. We we've taken breaks from the podcast for um, the lot longest one was a year and a half. And we just took a break from the podcast and, and you're like, well, in my marketing mind, I can say like, no, if we, if we, if we do that, it's going to harm us, uh, you know, on the marketing front and you know what it does, but at the same time, emotionally, we, you feel better. <laughs> you feel better. Well, you have to, if, if I'm only making decisions off of that, then we're not following God yeah. and we're, and we're not also listening to our home mm-hmm. and our family and the season that we're in. And so what's on the pedestal? Is it, is it this business and ministry or is it our, is it our, you know, God and what he desires and is it the, what's, what's most important to us? which is our family. And, and so we, we've had some ebb and flows, but we, we tend to, it feels like God tends to draw us back to this. He put, brings us into seasons of, you know, draw pulling back and, and just focusing inward with each other and our community. And, and then he lets us, he draws us back into it for a season. And, and so like, yeah, it hasn't been consistent, the same progression. Like you said, six years ago, it was like, sometimes she's like, why don't you just go get a regular job? I'm like, maybe I should. <laughs> I think too, financially, like social media can be so deceiving because everybody yeah. kind of makes of it what, what they will. And you see, you see what you see and then you perceive, right. You, you put, you try and put the pieces together and think, okay, well they're successful or however you define that success. But I don't doubt that everybody, every marriage struggles financially and yeah. emotionally, mentally, physically, <laughs> uh, throughout every season, throughout the year, throughout from day to day. And Um, I think that we've constantly throughout the years have asked ourselves, are we doing the right thing? And we constantly have to go back to evaluating, is this what we're supposed to be doing? And we're submitting that question even before the Lord and saying, okay, God, like, is this what you want? Um, Whether we are um, quote unquote making it or feel like we're really struggling. And we've always waited for the peace of the Lord to confirm for us what that next step is and what it looks like and talking to each other and really, really digging in to see like what, what's going to be best for our marriage and for our family when it comes to anything that we do and and choose to pursue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like often we'll, we'll be in a season of like waiting and resting and, and, and being, you know, with no withdrawn, I should say, but pulled back and we're, we're focusing on other things and it's in those seasons that we'll get inspiration yeah. for a project, a book. Then we want to dive back in. And often it actually comes from you, Jennifer. You'd be like, Sorry. I want to do this, <laughs> this book. And and then we, we dive in and we start moving in. It, and then in the middle of it, it's like, why are we doing this? This is so difficult. And so it, it's a, it is an ebb and flow in it. And we, it, it's always stretching us. And we're always, ha- like you said, we're always going to God and saying, okay, Lord, what are we doing? Cause mm-hmm. we don't want to be building our kingdom. I don't want to be building, you know, our thing. You know, I want to be doing what you want us to do. And show us, mm-hmm. help us, guide us. And, and so I, f- I feel like he's 
done a de- he's i mean he's always doing a good job but <laughs> i feel like we've done a decent job of, of following and listening and yeah and i've also feel like those times that we've fallen on our face so. yeah yeah well I, I appreciate you sharing that and it is so much easier said than done oftentimes looking at maybe an opportunity out there like you said the marketer in you the guy that, that knows marketing knows metrics is saying man we need the momentum's over here. We need to keep pouring time and energy into this thing, but then looking at your home and looking at the well-being of your marriage and of your kiddos and making decisions based off of that. Maybe there is a short-term, you know, metric loss, monetary loss, whatever numbers loss. But man, the proverbs say, you know, there is a man that makes himself rich yet is poor. You know, there is a man that makes himself poor yet is is rich. And when you look at the value system based off of God's word and what he values. And then you have to filter your decisions through that. And and I wonder, you know, I think oftentimes it's easy to look at a, somebody, uh, maybe a father or, or, or a husband in a traditional career path and say, man, he, he shouldn't be neglecting his family for the sake of career advancements. You know, he shouldn't have taken that promotion that leads to him traveling six months out of the year or, or whatever for more money. But oftentimes in ministry, people will be like, no, do more. Like, look at all the marriages you're helping. Look at all the people you're, ha- you're helping. And so I commend you guys. Don't, yeah, look at what, look who you're letting down. And you're saying, well, here's the deal. I'm not going to let my kids down. I'm not going to let my marriage down. And, and before that, like, cause what, what good is a marriage ministry that doesn't have a healthy marriage yeah, behind it? You know? Yeah. yeah. And so it's really cool. You guys made those decisions for your home and for your family. Yeah. The, the phrase um, for that is don't sacrifice your family and your children don't sacrifice your marriage on the altar of ministry yeah. mm-hmm. um, because it's it's a false it's a false truth that there's a ministry outside your home that's more important mm-hmm. than the ministry inside your home and I, i've known i've known men that have totally abandoned their families for quote unquote ministry and I, and all i'm all i think is like no you've just abandoned ministry you you've abandoned what god has given you the most important thing for a lie. And, and I think the best ministry, not, I'm not saying that you can't do ministry outside the home, Yes, but the best ministry in the Mm. world happens when you have things in order. Amen. (laughs) When you have, when, um, when you have, it says that the prayers of a righteous availeth much, not someone who's got this impure life and not someone who's got this broken mentality and is in believing lies. And, and so I think our home, it's, it is the most, and it's something that we, we often look at. We, we come to a point when, when you, there's times and you're like, Aaron, I just need you to think about this. I need, we need a break or we need to, yeah. should we take a step back? And I have to, I have to look at it and be like, well, let's pray about that. Okay. Maybe we do. Maybe that this is a season. Um, and, and there have been times where we've done that. We've, yeah. we've, we've adjusted where we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, maybe not perfectly all the time and maybe not as soon as we should have, or maybe not, um, as long as we should have, or so I don't know. It's, it's not, a, it's not black and white for yes. sure. Uh, but it's something that we've loved doing and it's changed over the years and it's evolved and transformed and um, yeah. Well, that's what's so powerful about what you guys do and, and, and you've done and continue to do. And I'm so grateful for it is that you guys get to share in, in written format or in the spoken word, like what they're like, Hey, that we just went through the season and learned this, the Lord taught us this amazing thing. And then you guys have a powerful way of making it, you know, something that, something that everybody else can learn from. So I'm really grateful for that. I think the book before the the marriage gift was that marriage after God. 
Yeah. Yes. Is that marriage after God? And so then from marriage after God until this, there's a few years that have passed. And I'm curious as to there was any time where you guys thought like, we're done writing. We're not doing this anymore. Like we're doing yeah. something like, or, or, or did you always have this? I mean, you guys even mentioned in the book that this book has been on your heart yeah. for a long yes. time. And yeah. so did you think there was always going to be an expression of this book on some level? I think so. There's always been this desire in my heart to write this book because prayer has been such an essential part of our ministry and what we really uh, push and encourage because we know the power of prayer in our marriage and how it's, it's been just a, a foundational part of our marriage. And so we always want to encourage couples to go there. And a lot of the feedback that we've received over the years is like, you know, things like uh, praying with my spouse feels uncomfortable, or I don't know what to pray. Um, or I've never prayed like this before. And we know that it's a very spiritually intimate thing. And so our heart's desire behind the marriage gift was to, inspire couples with kind of like a prompt, like here's something that you can start with, but then make it your own. And so I think that we've covered a lot of ground and topics for marriage and doing a 365 prayer book, but I'm really excited to see how couples can use this and, and really dive in with their spouse when it comes to spiritual discipline of prayer and, and maturity and going there with God. Can I just make an, a note? Cause I don't know if we've mentioned yet, the book's called the marriage gift. Three, 365 prayers for our marriage. So it's a one-year marriage prayer devotional Yeah. Um, with, and it, I think we did a really good job of not having any redundancy. Like there, there Which might way? be a few topics that are similar, but um, there, I mean, really marriage is so dynamic and so vast in all of the areas of our, yeah. you know, that need to be prayed over that we should mm. be bringing the God and saying, God, we, we need your input on this. We need your movement in this area. So um, yeah. essentially it's, it's, it's a year of, of prayers for your marriage, you could pray individually, um, but our hope, our, our ideal hope, is that the the couple prays together. Yeah, uh, use this as like a time of intimacy together. A couple things that I really appreciated about this book, The Marriage Gift, is how it's it's like uh, saturated in scripture. Okay, none of these prayers are just like this subjective. You know what we want more happiness in our marriage. So let's pray for more happiness. You've got a scripture correlated with each prayer, which is really powerful. So it's, it's not just, like I said, a subjective desire of the heart that you're wishing for and, and saying, God, I don't know, you know, can you please make this happen in my life? It's, it's aligned with God's will for us because you have what God has said for us to pursue. And then you make a prayer built around that. So I love that. This is like a Bible study as much as it is a, a, a prayer study, which is obviously so powerful. And then too, I think you kind of alluded to this, Jen, oftentimes we just need like conversation starters and, you know, kind of going back to some of these basic things, even in a home, you know, of culture building, like we need ideas for like activities, uh, we get that in so many other areas of life. We get that even in like dating. It's like, hey, like here's a good conversation starter in dating or here's a good, you know, way to, you, I, I always refer to like uh, Dale Carnegie, like how to win friends and influence people. Like here's a good way to make somebody feel comfortable. But I think having some of these conversation starters with God, so to speak, is extremely beneficial, especially when you talk about couples doing it together. Because as you already said, I think a lot of married people are going to say, this feels weird. Like I'm not, I'm uncomfortable saying this w in front of anybody, let alone my spouse, you know, uh, but it's a muscle that needs to be flexed. So I'm really grateful that you guys have offered this too. I, I really view it as a tool. It's like, man, we can use this as a, in a practical way to, to affect our marriage. And I'm curious as to how this was developed. Was it developed over years, you know, of experiencing it? And what was your guys' experience like praying with one another? 
Well, before you say how you started this, um, we, we've been sending out daily prayer emails uh, to our community for 10 years, wow. longer, yeah. 13 years. And so I mean, we have a list of 152,000, but we've over the years have had over 400,000 people on the list. And they just, I mean, like normally they, they subscribe wow. and subscribe. And um, so we've sent daily prayers out. They're much shorter um, prayers, but if we miss one of those, if, if one because we write them. And so if one doesn't go out, I get custom service emails. Right away. Like, hey, where's my daily prayer? I, today. <laughs> I, I need these for my marriage. And we're like, no way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Literally every time. So that leads to what you, when you, when you, you had this vision for like, Hey, why don't we turn this into a book? Yeah. And you started working on it. Yeah. Some of our other books too are, I, I don't know if any of your listeners are familiar with our other books, but like 31 prayers for my husband, 31 prayers for my wife. And so we've done these smaller versions of, of trying to get prayer into people's hands. It's and so successful. Yeah. And I just thought, man, these 31 are so great and, and palatable, but what if someone had a year's worth? Like how yeah. cool would that be? Especially for marriage. Like it's so necessary um, to be able to pour into our marriage in this way. And so that's kind of where it started. And I remember telling Aaron, like, okay, I'm going to start this new year off. And this was years ago, start this new year off with writing fresh new prayers. And I was really excited about it. And I, I feel like I really took my time in trying to figure out, okay, what topics are essential to be praying over yeah. for marriage. And that's kind of what spurred the outline for this book. And, um, and then we've just been working on it the last two years. And yeah. I love, love, love how it has come to fruition. And I'm just so excited and, and just thankful to the Lord that he's given us this opportunity to, to get this resource into people's hands. And uh, you asked another question about our prayer life. Um, even before this, starting this, this online ministry, um, one of the things that we, that we believe we, we know helped keep us together and helped keep our eyes on God, even in the midst of those times that we were angry and frustrated and bitter at him and at each other was prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those seasons that were hard in that four years, even before that, when we were dating, we would pray with each other before we, you know, we left for the night. We would pray for there. We pray all the time, and then get, that just transferred into marriage, where we were praying before bed every night. We were praying before meals. We were, we were praying for everything, um, and even in seasons when maybe you didn't feel like praying, Jennifer, like I was trying mm-hmm. to pray, and even when I wasn't praying out loud, I was like, God, what's going on? God, help me! And so prayer has always been been a part again i don't want to make it sound like we're these prayer warriors that are praying 24 7 and have these big lofty prayers but it's it's a it's that pray without ceasing verse it's a posture of a heart of the heart that i'm in a community i'm in communion with god that i do talk to him i go to him and say god what's happening today why why do i feel this way what's going on in my marriage what how do i help this person how do and there's this conversation happening and and now there's this dynamic of being parents and being able to show an example of what faith looks like drawn out in prayer yeah. when we pray with our kids, you know, mm. when we're driving and we get a text message from a friend that's, you know, in a dire crisis, we get to stop right there and share with them. Okay, kids, we're going to pray and we're going to lift this up before the Lord because we don't have the answers and we don't know what will come. But we believe in a God who who knows every detail. We believe in yeah. a God who can help. And so we get to share that with our kids and it's, it's been amazing to see their response to that. Well, and we always, the, the, this one realization that we are actually talking to the creator of the universe. Mm. The one who created us. The one that created us, the one that knows us and loves yes. us and that he listens mm. and hears us. And wow. we, so we tell the kids, like, you're talking to God. Like, he, yeah. he knows you and he and He hears you mm-hmm. and he loves your prayers. He, and so this is what we want for marriages is that, like you said, that muscle gets 
that stretched and that they they recognize like wow like we can talk to god and tell share our hearts with him and and ask him to come here and and be a part of what's happening and 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 make change in my heart and in his heart and and so that's our that's our heart for this this book yeah that, um, more marriages start praying together what a what a powerful gift it really is and it's such a cool opportunity what what a privilege that we have to go before the creator yeah, of the universe isn't that isn't that incredible and can there be too many uh helps and aids in that pursuit like can there be too many reminders you know in that pursuit i don't think there can be and it's crazy for me you know even you, you mentioned your kids how we really have this opportunity to instill in them a desire to pray, a love to pray, a value of prayer. And I tell you, I cannot tell you how many times I'm convicted by my kids because, you know, an ambulance will come up behind us with its lights, you know, we run their lights and I pull over and they pass and the car's quiet. And Leanne goes, so are you going to pray for those people, daddy? And I'm like, oh yeah, of course. You know, like you just, yeah, of course. I was just getting ready to, you know, and uh, it is pretty cool that we have that opportunity within our kiddos. So I'm curious in closing, you know, cause I just, I'm so grateful for the time you guys have given us and all the value you've added here. You guys have worked with marriages. You guys have encouraged marriages for, for years now. You guys get to hear probably on some level from a variety of different uh, situations within marriages. I I'm wondering what just like some, like a one statement exhortation is that you have right now on your heart. You know, is there anything current? Because I'm sure there's there's ebbs and flows in trials within marriages and maybe you'll hear certain trials or certain challenges or certain victories but right now you know 2023 what's something that's on your heart that you just wish you could get out to to marriages where you're like boy man if you had that you know that the billboard so to speak you know and, and it doesn't have to be just on a billboard you know you could put it anywhere you know it could be it could be like a tweet's worth maybe you know we're talking we're talking like a sentence no in all seriousness just what's a word of exhortation that you guys have on your heart for marriage um, I, I was just mentioning this um, to someone else uh, that they need to recognize that their marriage has a heavenly purpose, that their their union, their their oneness is a light to this world. And mm. it's proclaiming a message. What message is that proclaiming? Is it one of disunity? Is it one of uh, bitterness? Is it one of uh, um, separate lives? Or is it one of unity and love? and pointing people to Christ using your your marriage, using your love for each other, your love for your children, the way you operate your home, and the way you use your resources, talents, and time for him. And so if if marriages would recognize that that is what they're together for, to serve to to glorify him in the way they love each other, um they would start to see the world through that that, that lens. And they'd start to see their spouse through that lens. Mm. And so they would start to define all of their issues and conflicts and struggles through that lens rather than through, well, I'm not happy. Mm. You're not making me happy, which is very purposeless. Mm. It's very one-sided. It's very yeah. hollow. Wow. Yeah. You know, I like that you use that word purposeless. It's very purposeless because there's something so empowering to, to, to remove your feelings from the equation say wait what does god actually want and it's when it gets so much bigger than your personal subjective individual uh joy or happiness or fulfillment and you say wait a second it's way beyond that it's better than that it's bigger than that then you get purpose and it's and it's remarkable how discouraging it is if all we're pursuing is personal satisfaction in anything and it really ends up being a disgrace to marriage to this amazing covenant and institution that god 
God has ordained. And it is pretty cool. When you see it as being this glorious thing, then you have to ask, well, how, then how are we representing that glorious thing? Like, you know, it's a good, he made a really good thing. Is that how we make it look to our kids? You know, like, does it look like a good thing to our kids, to our community? That's a great thing to keep in mind. Aaron, Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us today. Thank you for everything that you do. We'll be sure to link, especially, you know, the, this most recent book, The Marriage Gift, below so that people can find that. Is there any other place, you know, you want to let people know about where they can find you, Marriage After God, the podcast? Where, where else can people find you? Yeah, the, our, our, our main source of um, free content that we put out these days is our podcast, and that's Marriage After God. You can search that anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then to get the book, it's very simple. It's themarriagegift.com, all one word. Um, and that, yeah, so Marriage After God is our podcast and themarriagegift.com to find out about our newest book. Love it. Thank you both so much. Bye.